This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. Format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Destinations International. Next up on the event calendar is Fall Learning Week, which is comprised of three co-located summits, as well as CDME classes. DMO pros will immerse themselves in realigning perspectives on post-pandemic recovery from an operational perspective through the Business Operations Summit, October 9, 10, and 11. They'll renew commitments to welcoming, belonging, and inclusivity with the EDI Summit, October 10th and 11th, and redefining organization roles with the community through the Advocacy Summit, which will take place October 10th through the 12th. It's all in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you can score bundle discounts for each summit. Registration is now open at destinationsinternational.org events. And now it's on to our show. Kelly Barbary has always loved writing and storytelling. She earned a journalism degree from the University of Georgia and began her career in magazine journalism before joining the DMO world at the Athens, Georgia Convention and Visitors Bureau. She currently is the VP of Marketing and Communications for Experience Columbia, South Carolina, where she has been building Columbia as a destination for almost 20 years and has worked in a variety of roles on both the convention center and CVB side of the business. Kelly serves on a variety of boards and committees around the Columbia area. She's passionate about making sure the tourism industry has a seat at the table in conversations about destination and community growth. Kelly and her husband, Jonathan, have two daughters. And Kelly, welcome to DMOU. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. You know, it was so cool to catch up with you. It's been like, what, 10 years since we worked together on a project in Columbia and got to uh, hang with you for a short time in Madison during PRSA. And I was honored to moderate a panel in which you outlined an ambassador program that you've designed at Experience Columbia. This, though, is no garden variety ambassador program. And as you, along with your director of communications, Charlene Slaughter, described to the packed room, this is way more than a simple volunteer opportunity. Share with us how you have turned residents into true brand ambassadors with this program. You know, it's something that really started out with a challenge that I think a lot of DMOs face, and that is the inability to do local marketing with the funds that we receive, especially through accommodations, taxes, and other pots of money that required the funds be spent 50 or more miles outside of the destination. And so we had been racking our brains for a while, just trying to figure out, okay, how do we, because we had found that, you know, like some other destinations that our perception as a tourism destination within the community was not as positive as it was outside of the community. And so we really (laughs) needed to figure out some ways to reach our local residents and share with them, you know, Columbia has some amazing things to do. We have great restaurants. We have wonderful quality attractions. We have so many outdoor adventures that you can try, but some residents weren't just weren't tapping into that. So we were trying to figure out a way to really do something that would hit both the local market as well as be an avenue for us to reach potential visitors. And so that's when we developed our Experience Columbia SC Ambassador Program in 2019. 
And with that, um, the model that we used was to select four different individuals each year. We ponder over those. We collect information all year long and, and just kind of everybody on our team keeps a list of people who are doing great things in the community. In the summertime, we actually just had our meeting about our 2024 ambassadors uh, a couple of weeks ago. We make the decision and then kind of work forward from there um, to have them announced in January, which is when we debut our visitor's guide, our insider's guide to our partners and stakeholders in Columbia. So that's kind of how the program came to be. It serves, as I mentioned, a number of different functions, but we've just been so delighted with how it's been received by our local community, which is one of the pain points that we had felt that we needed to really have that program set up to kind of smooth over. So a couple of the aspects of this program that really caught my attention, A, as you just said, the exclusivity of the program. I mean, it's four ambassadors a year which then builds this esprit de corps alumni group, but it also signals that people really have to put themselves out and, I guess, campaign to become an ambassador. So that's very, very cool. How then do you use the ambassadors in a way that most of us would never imagine? Because that's, I think that's where the rubber meets the road, is that these are people who are... I mean, they get a benefit from being named an ambassador, but then there's a quid pro quo. So tell us about the program. Yeah, it's a beautiful give and take. We don't budget for the ambassadors. We don't pay them per se, but we do use them like we would use a traditional influencer. It's not a requirement that our ambassadors have a large social media following, but some of them do, and that does help get the word out, of course. But the way that we use these ambassadors is really a variety of different things. Each ambassador works with us to develop a weekend itinerary. So we interview them about their favorite things to do. And typically we try to select four ambassadors that have very different ideals of, of how they like to spend their time. So, yeah. you know, maybe we have one that's a really big foodie and maybe have we have somebody else who has young children and they're doing a lot of the family activities in Columbia. Maybe we have somebody else who's really into hiking and biking and conservation and really getting into the outdoors. So we try to select a wide variety of people that have different interests to connect with the wide variety of different audiences that we have interested in, in coming to Columbia. We gather those weekend itineraries from these individuals and we put all of that on our website. And then we also do a short video snippet of each ambassador. So we have our video team following them around for their ideal weekend and, and filming them. And then we condense that into just a quick little snippet. Those are all also on our website, but we use them beyond that. When there are art openings or any kind of events that are going on, we will certainly, you know, inform our own team um, that, you know, we want our staff to be there, but we'll also include our ambassadors on the invitation list. So they get previews to restaurant openings and museum openings and all kinds of different things. And they act as an extension of our team. So sometimes we'll be there as well. Sometimes we might just send an ambassador. So it really acts as an extension of our team. And then from there, they will typically post on their own social channels of those 
great fun things that are going on in Colombia. And then we'll also turn around and use that content in other ways and share it back with the media outlets that we're placing um, advertising in. So for example, if we're running a um, an ad in a city magazine in one of our target markets, then we might, instead of using a full page ad space for a brand ad, we might say, hey, follow our ambassador Madison Heatherly around and she's going to show you how she spends a weekend in Columbia SC. And we would tailor that to the audience of the publication and really try to match up that ambassador with the audience of the publication to make sure that we really nail it. But we've done a lot of different things like that. We've done partnerships with advertising outlets where we'll use all four ambassadors. Um, sometimes we'll do a series where we'll do a four-month series and we'll profile each ambassador per month. So we really use them in a variety of different ways. Also on the earned media side. So if we have a travel writer coming in to market and maybe they're interested in you know, like I said, the confirmation and recreation. And maybe at the time we don't have somebody on our team that's really passionate about that or into getting out into the kayak, then our ambassador can go do that with the travel rider and just really engage with them in a way that sometimes the team members, we're jacks of all trades. We know a lot of things about a lot of different things in Colombia, but we may not have a specialty in one area like our ambassadors have the luxury to do. Yeah. And I love that concept. When you're doing earned media, I think there's always on the writer's viewpoint, there's a skepticism is of course, we're going to say this is the greatest place on earth, but when they can actually interface with somebody who lives it on a daily basis in Colombia, that skepticism kind of goes away. And I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. I know it's, you know, your, your DMO staff can stand up and shout from the rooftops that they think that Columbia is the best place to be or the best place for a convention or the best place to come for a weekend getaway. But like you said, I mean, it's, it's our job. We're getting paid to do this. And as much as our team is passionate about Columbia and they all are, there's just something to be said for having these relationships with people who are, who are really bringing in their authentic selves and, they know about, you know, maybe some hole in the wall places that we just hadn't had on our radar. And so it really gives visitors that just inside track that they can't really find when looking at a more corporate view of the destination. So I was intrigued enough after we uh, spent time together in Madison, I, I went onto the website and you have an ambassadors section on the website. And I was, uh, Elated to see an old friend, Kim Crafton, who used to work at your shop, and I got to know her when we did our work a decade or so ago, and she's one of your ambassadors. And I, I just loved how she kind of rolled through her perfect day, her perfect weekend, and all the things you didn't need to see and do. Tell us a little bit about Kim and how that whole thing kind of evolved. Yeah, so Kim has an interesting and unique story because she worked here at Experience Columbia SC for several years as our director of communications and then went on to work for the state tourism office, Discover South Carolina for several years, but continued to, you know, with her passion for Columbia and then taking that into the state tourism office, it gave us 
you know, a little bit of a leg up when she was promoting um, all of the destinations because she was so familiar with Columbia. Yeah. Well, then from there, she went on to work at the Columbia airport. And so now she is, um, we just felt like she would be a perfect person. She also has a food blog. Yep. So all of those things, she checks all these boxes, um, has a great social media following, just always a delight to be around and into all the fun things around town. And so we tapped her to be one of our ambassadors and she just is such a great example and kind of a model for how we would go about selecting an ambassador, somebody who, you know, is welcoming, positive, just really showcases a niche area within the community with hers being food, but she also does a lot of other activities and enjoys a lot of other activities and can help promote those as well. And that's, I think, at at its core, you're creating these ambassadors and you're allowing them to become, you know, micro superstars in their own right. You do a photo shoot with them. You do a video shoot with them. The photography on the ambassador section is phenomenal. I love it. And so the ambassador program, I think, is a great model for DMOs anywhere to take a look at and see how you could apply some of those thoughts into your own destination. But that's not all you guys are doing. So I want to get on to the next question. And that is that pimento cheese is a big deal in Colombia, dating back to 1912. Virtually every restaurant serves some version of this delicacy. And you have created the pimento cheese passport. So tell us about that. That is exactly right. You know, you'll see passports for beer and wine and, you know, all kinds of things. And we were just looking at at our destination. And one thing that rose above the rest was the prevalence of pimento (laughs) cheese in Columbia, South Carolina. You really cannot go to any restaurant and not find it on the menu. It is just something that people thoroughly enjoy here. You can go to an Asian restaurant and find pimento cheese. Yeah, exactly. You you truly can. It's interesting how the fusion of this Southern delicacy has kind of spread into international cuisine and you'll find it, you know, prepared in a variety of different ways. It's just so interesting because there are no two pimento cheeses that taste alike. And our restaurants have really embraced the uniqueness of that. You can find it in a collard green egg roll. You can find it on a pizza. It's a cheeseburger pimento cheese pizza at one of the locations. You can find it on a sandwich that's grilled on cornbread. So just a variety of different ways to enjoy pimento cheese. So we rounded up you know, some traditional and some unique spots are 16 total on the Pimento Cheese Passport. And you can download it um, for free and then go and visit the restaurants and win prizes like pint glasses and T-shirts and gift cards to go back to your favorite restaurant for more cheese. It's been wildly, wildly popular. And that's another thing. The media has picked up on this like crazy. It's been something we really didn't expect that it would be such an earned media gem. But it's also something and kind of going back to my previous statement about how locals may not think of our city as visitors do, or we would hope they would. And this Pimento Cheese Passport has really given them something to love and to lay claim to here in Colombia and to be proud of. And so I think when people have relatives come to visit, they're like, oh, we have a Pimento Cheese Passport. You've got to try it. We've got to hit all these spots. And so it has really been something that we have found has worked both for the visitor audience, but also from that local pride standpoint. 
and um, we're just going to continue to ride the cheese train. <laughs> so you say you've got 16 or so uh, participating restaurants. Where do you see this going? I mean, it, this is not limited necessarily to those 16. You can go as far as you want. That's exactly right. Where do you see it going? We can modify it. Um, you know, if some of the restaurants change their menu or if they add a different menu item or a restaurant contacts us and they say, you know, well, we have this and y'all might want to come try it. There's an opportunity there to be flexible. Like I said, it is digital and that is helpful in being malleable and modifying it as time goes on. We don't want to do that too much because we want to maintain, you know, some consistency mm-hmm. with that over time. But like you mentioned, it is nice to be able to have that flexibility and to add restaurants as as we would like and, and make it grow and change as time goes on. And your third question, you are a university sports destination with the beloved Gamecocks, and you say that you've dipped your toe into the relatively new opportunity called NIL, which stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. Now, prior to 2021, College athletes could not accept payment for endorsements. That has changed. Tell us about your experience in this new field of opportunity using some of your best and favorite sports figures on the university teams through NIL. Yes. So we are so excited about this opportunity. And like you said, we are a game day destination. We are a college town. We are a member of the cities of the SEC. We really have a lot of visitors that come for Gamecock Athletics. And then we want to try to get them to explore other things that are popular in the Columbia area. And so when we learned about the name, image, and likeness opportunities, we started to try to figure out how that could work for us as a DMO. So we called the University of South Carolina. We have a great relationship with them, with Gamecock Sports, and um, work with them in a variety of different ways already, and just asked the question, you know, what can we do? How do we get into this? This is just a few months ago, actually. And so we, um, they put together some opportunities for us where we will, so they're going to send over about six different um, athletes that uh, we are going to narrow it down to two. So we'll be able to select two athletes that fit within our budget that we could use to help us promote the Columbia region as a destination. And again, that will be um, for visitors, people all over, but also will be something that people locally can hang their hats on. You're seeing a theme here. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that that will work is we will come up with, we could use, for example, the Pimento Cheese Passport, and we could say, okay, we want athlete A to help us promote that. So the university could record them, a little video of them eating at a couple of the different restaurants and do some photos, and then the athlete would share that on their social media, and then the university could share that on theirs. And so you kind of get double the exposure with that. And the audiences are a little bit different as well. So that's how we see that going. We have not started yet. We are still in the very beginning stages of finalizing our plans. But that is something we're really excited about because we think that it will give us an additional layer to our marketing for the university and collegiate market and those audiences and are just super excited about what 
the future holds. And we'll keep you posted as we as we do more, as we firm up our campaign. I think there's a real interesting opportunity here. And we're based in a college town as well, Madison, Wisconsin. And, you know, we saw it at the I don't want to say the highest level, but I mean, it's one thing for a destination marketing organization to utilize, you know, great faces and likenesses and images of local athletes. But here we had a couple of guys on our basketball team who were on billboards everywhere promoting Mountain Dew. It's like, whoa, (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. And of course, you scale that down to a destination marketing organization and there's something really more personal there, right? I mean, yeah, okay, these guys drink Mountain Dew or whatever, but if they're actually going to be part of the Pimento Cheese Trail or they're going to be part of the nighttime economy, the culinary economy, promoting outdoor rec, whatever it is, the ability to both support them but then have their likeness be able to say, hey, Columbia rocks. Absolutely. There's something really very powerful there, I think. Yes. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that kind of overlaps into tourism a little bit is growing the destination and retaining that university talent for careers here in the Columbia area. And Mm -hmm. if we can capture these students while they're here at the university and make sure they know what's going on outside and beyond campus borders, then they're more likely to want to stay here in Columbia for a career rather than moving on to another spot. And as we all know, there's that cyclical thing with destination marketing, where if you build a place that people want to visit, you're going to build a place where people want to live and it just goes round and round. And so a lot of these athletes, their followers are, you know, also college students. Um, And so getting in front of those people and, and trying to make sure that that demographic knows where Columbia's headed and how fun it is to live, work, and play here is really important for us. And another way that we have worked on that is um, last summer, we started presenting, our DMO would send a couple of folks to present to every single University of South Carolina orientation as the new students would come in that are starting in the fall. They would come over the summer for two or three days with their parents. So we we will do a presentation. We've continued it this summer. Every single student orientation group that comes through has an opportunity to hear our Beyond Campus Borders presentation from someone on our DMO team. And it's been a game changer. You know, the parents feel more comfortable sending their students here. Mm -hmm. They come back and visit more frequently, staying in our hotels more frequently because they see all there is to see and do, much maybe to their students' dismay that they're coming back so much. (laughs) But um, just tapping into that market and trying to make sure that we don't leave anybody out. We're we're trying to expand to all ages and um, make sure that we capture those audiences as they decide on their future plans. Well, and I love the extra layer on both of those two concepts. The one about, you know, getting parents engaged, getting students engaged, get them off campus, get them into the community. And then that extra layer, which I didn't think of before you said it, of using NIL to encourage student athletes that don't go pro to stay and make their fortune in Columbia. That's brilliant. So thank you so much for that. So time for your bonus round. You said in your bio that you started out in magazine journalism. Tell us about that kind of first step in your career and then how that led to a career in destination marketing. 
Yeah. So I've always loved to write and tell stories and embellish things. And so <laughs> I went to school at the University of Georgia um, for journalism, thought I would always write for a magazine. That was what my my goal was. And I ended up doing that. I was an intern for a magazine in Atlanta during school. And then I got a job there after I graduated. And not a year after I had started down that path of my dream job, I was kind of sitting on the side of the road with a box because the magazine had gone out of business. And so I uh, (laughs) I was like, well, what now? I have to think of something else. And I love the South. I didn't really want to leave the South and to really advance in magazine journalism, I would have had to move. Um, But I decided to look at some other opportunities. And so I checked with the local DMO in Athens, Georgia, and they were hiring. And so I um, was fortunate enough to get an opportunity by Chuck Jones, who was the the CBB director there for many, many years. And he was a great mentor to me, taught me so much about destination marketing and um, destination management, and just really developed a passion for this industry while I was there. So um, that's how I kind of made that transition. And really glad I did. I've made a career of it. Isn't that fascinating, though, that you knew there was such a thing as a destination marketing organization? I I was talking with Julie Hart from uh, CFO by Design the other day, and she was telling, you know, her entrance story. And she says, I applied for the job and I didn't know what a CVB or a DMO was. I, I thought I was applying to work at the convention center because so many people, and this gets back to one of the things you said right at the outset, this whole 50 mile, you can't market within this radius. While I get the initial thought process behind it, because most of those people will probably drive home and not stay in our hotels. What it unconsciously did was it blocked our residents from knowing who and what we do. Right. Yeah. And that's just it. It, it, Interesting that you knew there was such a thing that you applied for the job and you got it. I didn't actually go out and say, I'm going to call the DMO. It was, I was doing one (laughs) of those job searches and they popped up and I looked Ah, into it and kind of figured it out from the back end. Right. But it was one of those job descriptions that sounded like it would be really fun. I could use my writing skills. I could uh, interact with people. I could promote Athens, which I you know, had been uh, a resident for four years and was really um, enjoyed it. And so I thought, well, wow, this could be a really, really fun career. And um, so I kind of learned about it on the back end from the the job posting. Yeah, that's great. Well, Kelly, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find more about the ambassador program, the Pimento Passport, and everything else? Yes. So I have two websites for you. One is our consumer-facing website, which is experiencecolumbiasc.com. You can find our ambassador page there on that website and download the Pimento Cheese Passport from there. If you're interested in more of some of the things we're doing and how we share information with our stakeholders. We have a separate site, um, columbiasctourism.com, and that's where we kind of share who we are and what we do to try to get the word out locally about our initiatives. Excellent. Hey, thanks again for coming on the show. Hopefully it won't be another 10 years before we catch up with each other. I know. We definitely 
need to stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks again. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, our friends at Destinations International. Next up on the event calendar is Fall Learning Week, which is comprised of three co-located summits as well as CDME courses. So DMO pros will immerse themselves in realigning perspectives on post-pandemic recovery from an operational perspective at the Business Operations Summit, October 9, 10, and 11. They'll renew commitments to welcoming, belonging, and inclusivity with the EDI Summit, which is October 10 and 11, and then redefining their organization's role within the community through the Advocacy Summit, October 10, 11, and 12, all in Little Rock, Arkansas. Registration now open at destinationsinternational.org slash events. DMOPros.com is where you're gonna find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, position papers on board diversity and a new model for destination development, the book Destination Leadership, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's DMOPros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.